From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. And welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Come on in, weary stranger, hang your cloak on a peg, grab a stool, and come gather around the fire. There are stories to be told, and you are among friends. Investigative reporter John Rappaport of No More Fake News is standing by to talk about fake news, the deep state, the shadow government, vault number seven, and much more. Uh, What's in the box, our weekly remote viewing experiment, will be in the second hour of tonight's transmission. And if you want to take part in the remote viewing experiment and score some fabulous conspiracy show merchandise, use the hashtag... TCS Remote. TCS, as in the conspiracy show, remote. Hashtag TCS Remote. Rosemary Ellen Guiley, our paranormal researcher extraordinaire, who joins us once a month. Well, she'll drop by also in the second hour, the bottom of the the second hour. Uh, She, the author of over 60 books on the supernatural. And uh, that's, again, second hour. And then open lines in the second hour as well. We have a busy show, a lot going on. Let me just recap for those of you following along at home. So, uh, John Rappaport coming up for the whole hour. Then, second hour, open lines for the first half hour. Rosemary Ellen Guiley at the bottom of the hour to take us on home right through till morning. Uh, let me introduce the boys in the band. As always, on the Gibson Flying V guitar, our technical producer, Ian Robertson. And... Uh, Ian, very quickly, are you gigging around uh, town at all, my fine rockabilly friend? Uh, Quebec City, March 24th. Quebec City? Yeah. Ah, La Belle Provence. Can't announce the venue yet. You can't? Coming up. All right. Did they know about it? (laughs) Are you just going to show up somewhere with your guitar? It's it's booked, but it can't be announced yet. Oh, all right. We'll make sure that we announce that uh, next week. Well, we do we have time? Yeah, next week we'll announce it, right? Sounds good. Great. Thanks. All right. And uh, then we have on the uh, Rickenbacker bass guitar and occasionally the theremin, our story producer, Albert Vinzel. Albert, how are you? Uh, good. Couldn't be better. I found Albert at the front door this uh, this evening, and he was frozen to the window pane. So I let him in and uh, warmed him up a little bit with some tea. Uh, and uh, on the Hammond B3, the intrepid Ryan White, our intern. Ryan, how are you tonight? Doing excellent, Richard. Thank you. All right. You two study your uh, remote viewing protocols. I'll come back to you in hour two when we do our uh, little experiment. The uh, the term fake news, I don't have to tell you this. It's being tossed around these days, uh, both the uh, by the right, the left, the mainstream media. They're hurling it at the alternative media. The alternative media is hurling it back at the, the mainstream media. One of the reasons the mainstream media, not one of the reasons, the main reason the mainstream media is targeting the alternative media, particularly YouTubers, people like Paul Joseph Watson and others in the alternative uh, media, people like Alex Jones, is because they are eating the mainstream media's lunch. They are stealing their audience. People like Jones and, and Paul Joseph Watson and others, look at their numbers, bigger than CNN. Bigger than MSNBC. So this has the MSM very nervous, and um, so they're going after the alternative media, their competition, and just branding them with the fake news uh, epithet. However, um, long before the term fake news became sort of part of the popular culture, 
John Rappaport started an alternative news website called nomorefakenews.com, and it was dedicated to exposing the collaborating, colluding mainstream media, the propaganda, the partisanship of uh, what is supposed to be an objective fourth estate. And it's, it's none of those things. And so he's been calling them out for at least a decade and a half on nomorefakenews.com, and um, you can read his weekly uh, dispatches there. Uh, but before nomorefakenews.com, John Rappaport uh, was toiling as a, a freelance investigative reporter. He is the author of three explosive collections available on CD-ROM. We'll tell you how you can get those. The Matrix Revealed, Exit from the Matrix, and Power Outside of the Matrix. He's written articles on politics, health, media, culture for the L.A. Weekly, Spin Magazine, Stern, Village Voice, Nexus, CBS Health Watch, and other newspapers and uh, magazines in the U.S. and Europe. In 1982, the L.A. Weekly submitted his name for a Pulitzer Prize for his interview with the president of El Salvador University, where the military had taken over the campus He's hosted, produced, written radio programs and segments in L.A., Las Vegas. He's appeared as a guest on over 200 radio and television programs, including ABC's Nightline, Hard Copy. Since 2000, John has operated largely away from the mainstream because, as he puts it, my research was not friendly to the conventional media. Great pleasure, as always, to have John Rappaport back on the program. John, how are you? Very good, Richard. How are you? Terrific. Thank you. Your website, uh, nomorefakenews.com, I, I, I think I said it about a decade and a half, but it's what, 2000 you started that? Something like that? Uh, 2001. 2001. So, I mean, you look like a soothsayer. That's, that's a domain, that's a name that's uh, worth a lot of money, I would say. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing a lot of people would love to have uh, nomorefakenews.com. Um, but did you ever think you'd live to see the day when the mainstream media is being called out finally for their collaboration, partisanship, propaganda, the way you've been doing it for 15 years, but now there's this loud chorus. It's almost like a piling on. Well, no, I didn't, <laughs> in a word. I didn't think about it. It just didn't seem to be on the horizon when I started No More Fake News, but then I would say maybe five years ago it began to occur to me that the seesaw was tipping in the other direction because there was so much more independent media on the Internet and these people were exposing mainstream news outlets, stories that were patently false in all manner of uh, arenas and it began to occur to me you know something's happening here this is not just a few individuals this is not just uh, controlled opposition this is uh, you know these are independent voices independent writers and more and more people are turning away from uh, mainstream news to find out what's really going on I would also say that the movement that uh, gathered around Ron Paul played a role there. That's a good I mean, point. Many yeah. factors, but that certainly, uh, you know, brought a lot of people 
to start thinking about deep issues like the Federal Reserve System in the United States and foreign wars being fought for what reason again? Remind us, what was the evidence? People were waking up in huge numbers, and of course they were being roundly uh, attacked and criticized and so forth, but it's happening. Well, and, and here's the other thing, and again, you know, love him or hate him. Uh, President Trump now is reading from the same choir sheet because he's part of that chorus. He's not shy about uh, calling out the mainstream media and calling them fake news. He's not shy about pointing a finger at uh, other administrations and saying, you're the war party. Uh, you've let us down this. I mean, he, it's, he is, his, there's a recklessness, uh, that can either be admired or perhaps uh, shunned. But, uh, he's gone a long way in, in, in kicking that door open as well. I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was, it's a rotten door, but he sort of is, is, uh, really, played a big role in putting the boots to that door, wouldn't you say? No question about it. Absolutely. And I've written about this extensively uh, with the same caveat that you just uh, mentioned. You can hate him, you can love him, you can be on his side, you can be against him, doesn't matter. On this issue, he stepped into the arena and immediately began attacking major media and shooting from the hip, in, in a sense, spontaneously. Uh, which was something I've never seen in my lifetime for a major presidential candidate and then a president. That's never come close to happening. I mean, this guy just, you know, would turn around and some reporter from CNN would say something and he would look at him and say, you're an idiot. (laughs) Yes. And these people wouldn't know how to respond because it had never happened to them before. You know, it's like somebody who's got such a a deep sense of uh, self-entitlement that they presume that nobody is seriously going to challenge them on the basis of lying. And then all of a sudden, here comes this guy Trump, and he does it every single day. And I thought to myself, well, I wonder once he's elected now, is he going to back off? But he hasn't, if anything... The attacks have grown stronger. And he reflected the feeling of millions and millions and millions of people on various different issues, not only the issues that he brings up, who have, you know, watched the news every night and said to themselves, what is going on here? I'm not getting the straight story. I'm not getting anything from these people. Or read the great newspapers of the world and say, This is just a bunch of baloney. I'm not getting beneath the issues to find out what's really going on. And uh, so here comes Trump, and he awakens all these people. And, you know, you can't put it back in the box once it's out. What kind of response uh, have you been getting at nomorefakenews.com since, uh, let's let's just say since the, uh, the last election cycle? When a lot of these, you know, terms that you talk about on your in your blog that you write about that we talk about on this show and other shows like it, terms like deep state, terms like shadow government, I heard 
um, a, a broadcaster on a major U.S. cable news network used those two terms in the same sentence. <laughs> I thought I'd died and gone to heaven. Deep state and shadow government. But these are now these terms are filtering into the mainstream consciousness now, finally. But what kind of response are you getting now at NoMoreFakeNews.com? Say the last eighteen months. Accelerated. Much accelerated. I mean, it was already expanding, but now the people who go to the website and sign up for the email list, for example, that is just uh, blowing up. And uh, some of it is coming from interviews like this one. Uh, but, you know, it's. Uh, I think a lot of it is coming just because of the fact that I've been exposing fake news for a long time and people are waking up and catching on and so it's been uh, a kind of a renaissance for me personally and I know for other people too who have been doing the same thing people are waking up they're seeing that the terms of the argument have changed you know instead of uh well, we think maybe we should adjust the budget. No, we shouldn't. We should spend more. No, we shouldn't. We can't spend more. Oh, yes, we can. You know, these kinds of dilly-dallying back and forth, the, the usual substance of the news. The whole thing has changed. The whole basis, the foundation of the whole thing has changed. It has. It has. Like, People have had yeah. enough of the soaring rhetoric. They just want... They're ready to, to burn the whole thing down. John, we'll take a time out, come back, and uh, I want to talk to you about... Uh, WikiLeaks' latest CIA document dump, and I know you've written about it recently on NoMoreFakeNews.com. We'll do that. Stay with us here on The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. In a democracy, we elect officials so we can sleep at night. So why are you up? 416-360-0740 or toll-free at 1-866-740-4740. Welcome back. John Rappaport stays with us. Just a reminder... At the uh, top of the hour, open lines, and uh, you can help steer the ship and take it just about anywhere you want to go. John Rappaport, of course, no more fakenews.com, and uh, the author of three explosive collections available on uh, CD-ROM. These are just, they're dense, just uh, like a neutron star. You know, one teaspoon weighs more than, I don't know, <laughs> Uh, and that's enough of the analogy. But tell us about the Matrix revealed, exit from the Matrix, power outside the Matrix, John. Uh, the content and how do people get a hold of them? Well, getting a hold of them is just by going to nomorefakenews.com. Yes, they are uh, large, large collections. And it, it uh, you know, segs in from what we were talking about before the break. If, in fact, we have been looking at reality that has been presented to us false reality for a long long time on this planet presented to us by various elites and secret societies and people behind the curtain and so on shadow governments then we can do one of two things we can either acquiesce in that and say okay well that's reality this is uh, what I see this is what I hear or we can say, no, this reality was invented in order to entrap us, and I can invent a better reality myself. I have the potential within me to do that. 
And in a nutshell, that's where that's the nexus point of all these three collections. What is the potential of the individual human being, and how has that been buried and forgotten and suppressed and written over by history, and so on and so forth? The individual, the power of the individual to get beyond this matrix of false invented reality on every level, not just political reality, not just economic reality, but spiritual reality as well. So when I started No More Fake News, that was my twin goal, along with exposing scandals and frauds and so forth. And I've been at that for a very long time. So No More Fake News, you'll get complete descriptions of what these uh, collections are, and you can order them if you uh, are interested. You you talk about the matrix and and creating or, or manufacturing reality. And here's a perfect example. Uh, in, in fact, my, my good friends who are joining us on the uh, the YouTube stream or on the chat, the live chat, are talking about, you know, the Russian story and what about the Russian story. And this is a perfect example of what you, you, you um, sort of unpack in your Matrix series. Here we have a colluding, collaborating main, corporate mainstream media they come up with this notion that uh, the Trump campaign, the Trump administration, uh, Trump is the Siberian candidate, uh, and uh, absolutely no evidence. Even uh, the the former and head of Intel, James Clapper, said there's no evidence. The the uh, the House Intel Committee says there's no evidence, uh, and yet the narrative persists. Uh, and then we have this CIA documents uh, dump courtesy of uh, our friends at WikiLeaks, where, and perhaps the most damning piece of, of information that just came out in uh, Vault Number 7, they're calling it, the CIA's use of other nations' hacking tools in order to give the impression that when the CIA hacks into secret areas, it looks like other nations did the hacking. And you wrote about this recently on no, on your on your blog on nomorefakenews.com. So, uh, how does the CIA do this? First of all, and secondly, what does this mean with respect to claims that the Russians hacked the election? I ask somewhat rhetorically. <laughs> yes, indeedy. Well, what it means is is that the CIA has stolen, appropriated, gotten their hands on methods, tools, equipment, etc., etc., that are used by other nations, governments, to do hacking. And the reason for getting a hold of this is because the CIA, like any big intelligence agency, lives through deception. So when they hack, they want to make it appear as if it's not me, it's those guys over there. You can see the fingerprints that are left here by the the hacking belonged to other nation governments, for example, Russia. So it would be child's play for the CIA to do the hacking themselves or, quote, investigate the hacking and come up with this uh, statement, yes, we found the fingerprints of the Russians all over this and so forth. Well, you, the CIA, have the equipment and the means and the methods to make it look that way. These agencies are in the business of deception. That's what they do. 
That's what they do every day. And part of that deception is making it appear that they didn't do anything but somebody else did when they want that to be the story of the day, when they want to leak that to the media, when they want to leak it to the Washington Post. And uh, another relevant story, which I hope many people are aware of by now, is that the owner of the Washington Post, Jeff Bezos, who is the owner of Amazon, has a $600 million contract with the CIA through Amazon, cloud computing services that Amazon is providing to the CIA with more contract money undoubtedly in the offing. That's right, right. And, and So there you have, you know, they're joined at the hip. Anything the CIA wants published in the Washington Post is a picnic on a Sunday in the park. And, and yet, John, I don't recall ever seeing uh, the Washington Post preface any of their coverage on the CIA with that caveat that the Washington Post's owner has a $600 million contract to build uh, a cloud uh, for data management for the CIA. I've never read that in that newspaper. (laughs) That's right, and you never will. And even more damning in a way is we haven't seen any other significant major media coverage of that story either. So it isn't just the Washington Post that doesn't print the disclaimer. The New York Times, CNN, CBS, what have you, the LA Times, they're not covering this incredible conflict of interest at the Washington Post either because they don't do that. (laughs) Because in their business, they don't go on the attack against their uh, allies in the major media. And so that, as much as anything, shows the amount of collusion that exists uh, between and among these major news outlets. They just let that story hopefully die and go away, and it's not going to go away. Uh, staying with the, the Russian theme, because the Russians are coming, the Russians are coming, yes. the uh, the Washington Post also ran with a number of stories in, uh, that, that were totally uh, false. One of them had to do with the Russians hacking a um, one of the power grids in New England. Uh, they said that it had Vladimir Putin's finger, fingerprints all over it. That was fairly quickly dismissed, but there was no retraction uh, that I can recall, and I've looked for it. I may be mistaken, but I don't see, I don't think there was a retraction from the Washington Post on, on that one, and there are some other instances I'm trying to remember. You, you, you may have some as well. Um, that is fake news. And, and then, then you can get, you can get something wrong. People get things wrong. Journalists get things wrong. But, you're supposed to retract. You're supposed to, uh, you know, fall on bended knee and say, "Sorry, we screwed up. This is these are the facts. We misrepresented the facts, or we got it wrong." Yes, and you haven't seen that, and you haven't seen it really debunked as it should have been by other major outlets either. The Russian story just keeps on going. It kept on going with Michael Flynn. Oh, he talked to a Russian, as if uh, you know nobody else has ever done that. No senators, no congressmen, no people inside the government, no political candidates. I mean, this happens all the time. Well, you mentioned it doesn't Flynn. Signify collusion or or some sort of uh, agenda that's being carried out between 
Trump and the Russians. It, it signifies nothing of the sort. What it's it signifies... distraction and attempt to, again, uh, not lose the election that they already lost. Well, here's something interesting. The and This gets around to uh, Trump's 3 a.m. tweet about uh, the Trump Tower being wiretapped by the Obama administration. And, you know, I think that was pretty reckless to say that without, you know, maybe he meant, maybe that was short form for the Obama Department, uh, Justice Department. Uh, however, here's the, the smoking gun, perhaps, and that is, where was Michael Flynn when he was communicating and he should have been. This was his. When you're in transition, it's it's, it's commonplace for um, an incoming administration in the transition period to reach out to their counterparts. There was certainly nothing illegal or untoward about that. I think he panicked, and I think Trump panicked. But where was Flynn when he was having this conversation with his counterpart in the Trump Tower? Mm-hmm. So there must have been a tap. Absolutely. You don't. Uh you don't get that information any other way. And then there was also a transcript. Yes. So there was some kind of a tap going on or wiretapping, surveillance, that, this sort of thing. That story has not been uh, really covered at all as well. So what we're looking at here is just an absolute barrage of fake news on top of fake news that really accelerated right after the election when Trump won. It was like, okay, we, we the major media, can't deal with the fact that we got it completely wrong, our prediction. And on top of that, we supported Hillary Clinton from the beginning and did everything we could to defame Trump, and we still lost. And we're sitting here with egg all over our faces. That's not going to work for us. We have to deflect attention onto something else. We have to find a scapegoat. We have to blame somebody other than ourselves. And there is sweat, panic, desperation in all of this on the part of major media to try to shift the focus of the story, explain the whole thing away. Well, the reason we got the election so wrong was because we didn't know that Vladimir Putin while he was sitting there sipping his vodka, was actually somehow corrupting the election and handing it to Donald Trump, which, you know, is a fairy tale. Invented on the spur of the moment, uh, one night when people were in a panic, and then, okay, now we need to get some leaks from the CIA, and we need to build this story, and we need to take it as far as we can, and that's what they've been doing. I have no doubt that the Russians, you know, try to influence elections. This is what nations do. The the United States, during uh, Barack Obama's administration, intervened in the Israeli election. They hired consulting firms. They poured millions of dollars into to unseat Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. I mean, that's that was blatant, and yet that wasn't recorded. That wasn't reported, rather. So these things go on, but uh, as you say, where is where is the evidence? Uh, there is none, uh, and yet the narrative uh, continues. It's the story that that won't die. I'm, I'm wondering though if there is something else behind this, and that is we we, we, t- we were talking about the deep state. 
part of that is the war party, which is it has no allegiance to either party. It's it's raison d'être is perpetual war, clashes of a clash of civilization. The same party that was trying to prevent Eisenhower from meeting with Khrushchev, uh, perhaps that was what Oswald was doing in Russia. He gave the uh, the code so that they could shoot down the U-2. Down goes Francis, Gary Francis Powers. Huge embarrassment. The uh, the meeting between Eisenhower and Khrushchev is called off. I think there's a remnant of that still at work here that does not want Trump to meet with Putin. They didn't want Nixon to meet with Brezhnev. They didn't want Reagan to meet with Gorbachev. And it's happening all over again. What do you think? Yes, I would say there are two things there. One is exactly as you're saying, the war party. Because, and again, doesn't matter what you think of Trump, just remember what he was talking about as a clue to what he might have been planning and is planning to do. He said, these wars are insane. We don't need to fight these wars. We don't want to fight these wars. We just want to come home and make America strong. That's what the job should be. That's it. Other people who have their own problems are eventually going to have to solve those problems. Well, you know, that's like waving a silver cross in front of a vampire. <laughs> it's so true. i got to take a time out, John. It's so true. And the crazy thing is, this is the exact same thing Bernie Sanders was talking about. Uh, actually, he and Trump saw it eye to eye on that. We will uh, continue our conversation with the great John Rappaport, nomorefakenews.com. Stay with us. Poking holes in the darkness. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. Investigative reporter John Rappaport with us, nomorefakenews.com. And uh, you can order his three CD-ROM collections there, The Matrix Revealed, Exit from the Matrix, and Power Outside the Matrix. And uh, if you're interested in playing catch-up in this uh, crazy topsy-turvy world and what's quickly becoming uh, mainstream and you, you want to learn what people like John have been on about for the last three decades or more, it's all there. These collections, you've got hundreds and hundreds of documents. Some of these came to you from a whistleblower, did they not? Yes, well, these interviews actually with not exactly a whistleblower because he remained in the shadows, but he was a propaganda operative, retired, who participated in some of the biggest frauds and hoaxes of the 20th century, I would say, second half. And I extensively interviewed him many, many, many times, and it was really enlightening, to say the least. You know, before the break, we started to get into things that Trump was talking about that put the deep state into a panic. And the other thing he was talking about, of course, was globalism. Yes. And in the Matrix series... I take up that issue at a much deeper level than the news takes up that issue. In other words, we're talking about control of the planet on every level. But Trump was saying something very simple, and just his saying it started to bring many people on board. Whether or not he was going to do anything about it, there was no modern president who was campaigning on the basis of we have to stop globalism. I mean, that's unheard of, absolutely. Yes. Trump doesn't know the meaning of the term, that which shall remain nameless. He names things. He calls things what they are, 
that we've been thinking about. Globalism, we talk about that on the air all the time. You write about it all the time, Alex Jones and so forth. For years and years and years, never before has a public official called them out by name. Exactly. And he went right for the throat, in a sense. He started talking about the free trade treaties and how they are destroying and have been destroying the economy of the country because they throw untold numbers of people out of good jobs when these corporations suddenly close down their factories in America. Bernie Sanders himself said 60,000 factories have closed down in America in the last 15 years. 60,000 factories. So where do these jobs go? They go overseas. The factories reopen, slave labor wages, no environmental rules or conditions. They make the products for pennies. They ship them back to the United States and sell them and pay no tariffs. They pay no penalty, no tax, no anything for bringing these products back into the country. Well, you go back to the founders. They're talking about tariffs all the time. They're talking about the necessity of having protective tariffs to protect companies inside the United States. But they didn't even conceive of a time when you would have all these predatory corporations shutting down their plants in the home country and moving them thousands of miles away and never paying tariffs to bring the products back in and sell them here. So what Trump was saying is, well, we're going to stop all that. That's never going to happen again. We don't care about these stupid trade treaties. We're going to renegotiate everything. And if we want to trade with a nation, we'll sit down and we'll work something out. It's just called business. It's not that difficult to do if you want to defend America. And this just, you know, panic again huge amount of panic within the globalist elite, the Rockefeller globalists, that this guy might get elected president, and who knows, he might actually try to do this and turn the whole thing around. So that's another reason why he and what he's saying and the people who support what he's saying, regardless of whether they support him, have to be shut down some way or another. Trump has to be discredited. He has to be driven out of office. That's their entire program. And this is where the shadow government comes in because there is almost a permanent bureaucratic class in Washington. They're in the State Department. They're in the Department of Justice. And they really control the narrative. It reminds me of a quote that was attributed to Vladimir Lenin when he started to realize that he wasn't really in charge of the revolution. He said something to the effect that my hands are on the steering wheel, but I really don't have control of the car. That speaks to, I think, the situation Trump is finding himself in. He'd like to take the country this way, but in order to do that, he's got to drag this permanent bureaucracy with him. And they're trying to drag it in the exact opposite direction, or they're trying to keep it exactly where it is, more like it. Exactly. It's a very, very difficult thing. There are a numerous number of infiltrators at every level who have this globalist agenda, infiltrators in government who have been sitting behind desks for, in some cases, decades, and they have their minions and they have their connections and so on and so forth. And so in order to change all of that, people have to understand driving America into the ground 
and not just America, but I mean many countries, many countries that show any technological progress or industrial power and so forth. That operation has been ongoing at least since the end of World War II and really before the end of World War II. Okay, John, i got to take a quick time out. Back with John Rappaport. Stay with us. Question everything. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. And uh, just a reminder, coming up at the uh, top of the hour, open lines, and then uh, that'll be followed by Rosemary Ellen Guiley, and of course we'll squeeze in our uh, What's in the Box remote viewing experiment as well. If you'd like to participate in that, use the hashtag TCSRemote. John Rappaport uh, from No More Fake News stays with us for a while yet. Uh, John, a number of organizations, uh, uh, in- including Facebook, have taken it upon themselves uh, to uh, like the teacher leaves the classroom, they're going to take names and uh, they're going to put the list together. They're going to decide who the fake news organizations are. Uh, I'm wondering, have you found yourself on any of those lists? Not yet. Not yet. Um, but I see what their strategy is, of course. What's really happened here is that major media have figured out and the government has figured out that social media is bigger than major news media. And so if they want help in censorship, they've got to go to Facebook, they've got to go to Twitter, they've got to go to YouTube, they've got to go to uh, Google. And that's what they're doing. They're saying, look, we need your help. We, You have to start censoring. You have to start carving away what we tell you is fake news and don't let it be posted don't let it be spread because otherwise there's no way we can stop it which is true you know I mean somebody can put up a YouTube uh, video and that can get more looks than a major story in any uh, newspaper in the world on a given day so in order to make this censorship thing happen which is what major media in collusion with uh, government globalists and so forth, where do they go? They got to go to social media. They've got to somehow try to put the clamps in, and that's what we're seeing now. I'm guessing if you ended up on one of those fake news lists, you'd sort of wear it as a badge of honor, as would I. Of course, yeah, sure. You know, they have nothing to say of any substance. All they want to say is, we know the truth, we the major media must vet the truth and decide what it is, digest it, and then we give it to you. That's where you get your news. That's the only way that news actually works. In fact, there was somebody at CNN a while ago talking about the uh, WikiLeaks uh, dump of Hillary Clinton or DNC, Democratic National Committee, emails, and he said, straight away, it's illegal for the public to read these emails that have been leaked. I remember that, Only yes. we, the press, can read them, and then we decide what's news, and we give it to you, and that's the way you get the news. Well, you know, this guy, of course, was preposterous, but he just doesn't get it. People don't care. They don't care what CNN has to say. They're getting their news wherever they're getting it from. That's true. Uh, CNN, uh, they're becoming increasingly 
irrelevant along with MSNBC. There was a, the, uh, the co-host on Morning Joe on MSNBC, who is the daughter of Zbigniew Brzezinski, uh, actually, and blatantly, I mean, they're not even shy about it, said, uh, was worried that Trump was controlling the narrative and uh, was influencing people on how to think. And she basically said, that's our job, to tell people how to think. Did you see that clip? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. You know, we tell, we control how you think. That's that's our job. I mean, they're coming out and saying things before they can stop themselves, because, as I say, they're in a panic. So certain things leak out from their mouths that ordinarily they would never, never put on the air. These kinds of spontaneous comments, like, "Well, we're the ones who are supposed to control what you think." Don't you understand that? And then you stop and say, well, what did she just say? What was that? Oh, I see. She's saying that they're involved in a massive day-to-day mind control program over the public. That's what she's saying. And they're supposed to be running the program, and she's afraid that somebody else might be running the program or that the program itself is falling apart. Once you understand that, then now, you know, the mask comes off. Now you see the truth. John, one of the uh, areas that you have really been hammering away at, uh, and this speaks to your vast experience as a, an investigative medical reporter, uh, is on the, the CDC. Uh, what's new in that uh, realm? What are you What are you covering? What are you interested in right now? Coming out of the Centers for Disease Control, I know you were all over the uh, you know the whistleblower. Uh, who came out about the uh, the uh, the vaccines and so forth? What's what's the latest? Well, I think the latest could be coming from Robert F. Kennedy Jr. If in fact Trump does give the green light for an intensive uh, investigation of vaccine safety, which Kennedy says is going to happen and that he's going to lead it, we'll see. But statements that Kennedy has been making and writing are quite incredible. He knows what's going on at the CDC. He's saying basically, look, they're operating as a for-profit company. They buy and sell huge amounts of vaccine every year, three to four billion dollars worth. And uh, in fact, from another source, I found the statistic that roughly 50% of the vaccines that children get in America come from the CDC, which most people don't realize. They don't understand. The CDC is a government agency, but it's also operating as a for-profit company. So how can they, the CDC, talk about conflict of interest, have a science division which does studies on vaccine safety? You know, <laughs> this, is, uh, this is preposterous. Because when would the CDC ever say under any conditions that a vaccine wasn't safe that's on their vaccine-recommended schedule? Because they're buying that vaccine and they're selling it in huge quantities. So you're never going to hear a statement out of them about safety that you could trust or believe in. Kennedy understands all this. He's called them out for it. He's called them out for an intrinsic conflict of interest that can't be resolved. So if this moves forward in some way, this investigation and a report, 
it could be quite explosive. And again, he, he met with, with, with uh, uh, Trump, uh, I think, just after the inauguration. That's right. And uh, is pushing for another uh, congressional hearing on the safety and efficacy of vaccines. One of the key things, I mean, and you are all over the uh, the CDC uh, whistleblower, Dr. Thompson, that whole story, Dr. William Thompson, and how uh, through, uh, was it Brian Smith, it came out that the, that Thompson admitted that he this report on uh, the safety of um, certain vaccines, the data was fudged. The connection between this vaccine and autism, the data was fudged. Uh, I'm guessing that one of the things Robert Kennedy Jr. would like to see would be for Dr. William Thompson and others at the CDC to be subpoenaed. Do you think that's going to happen? Boy, I hope so. I don't know. But that's what is required. Get Thompson there under oath to testify. He said through his lawyer that he will. He's not going to talk to reporters, but he said that he would cooperate with the federal government. And to me, that means he would be willing to testify under oath. So it could go in that direction. The encouraging thing to me about Kennedy is that right now he has enough information to convince any person with a few active brain cells that the CDC is terminally corrupt. Regardless of who he gets up there under oath to testify or how many lies these people tell, he already understands enough of the story so that he can do great damage to a terminally corrupt government agency, which is what I hope is going to happen here. Do you think that um, uh, Kennedy had Trump watch Vaxxed, the documentary? I don't know. My feeling is is that Trump probably saw it. Trump has uh, significant knowledge in this area, more than people realize. He isn't just shooting from the hip when he said during the campaign, yeah, something's going on with these vaccines, and parents see it, they know it, they, the kid is fine, gets a shot, and all of a sudden... He's never the same again. It's terrible, and we have to do something about it. That's pretty much what he said during the campaign. But from sources of mine, it's clear to me that he has spoken with people who are very knowledgeable about the truth about vaccines because he's interested. He's been interested for a long time. So in that area, I would say that he knows enough of the story to know that he really should forward this investigation. Anything else uh, on the horizon? That we? Uh, what's your next uh, dispatch, your next blog on uh, nomorefakenews.com concern? Well, let's see. So many things here. I'm going to be uh, looking a little bit into academia, which I, I do from time to time, colleges, brainwashing at colleges in the curriculum with the professors uh, I wrote a piece not long ago quoting a statistic 25% of all college students last year were either diagnosed with a mental disorder or treated for a mental disorder 25% that's alarming that colleges is alarming have become psychiatric clinics mm. we had Scott Greer on the program Scott Greer was on with us recently, um, no, no Campus for White Men. 
talking about what is going on in the college campuses and uh, how they have become indoctrination camps. It's it it frightens me because they're churning out these uh, people that will assume positions of power and influence. They will become program directors, news editors, city councilors, uh, and uh, they they hate Western values and they hate they hate free speech. Absolutely, they have no tolerance for free speech whatsoever. It's a madhouse. It's developing more and more into a a crazed madhouse. And behind it, um, psychiatry is playing a major part with its toxic drugs diagnoses and so forth. That is one of the key hidden factors in this whole insanity that's going on. You know what parents need to do? They need to seriously think about sending their kids off to schools like Berkeley uh, and many others. Uh, and, uh, I mean, that's it's really now more than ever so crucial to, to know what's going on in the classrooms. Uh, students who attempt to videotape some of these professors that are going off on some Marxist-Leninist tirade, uh, and then they demand that the student be punished for videotaping. I mean, these are taxpayer-funded colleges. Uh, we need to know what's going on in the classroom, but what they really need is, uh, the, I think the antidote to this indoctrination is uh, for people to go to nomorefakenews.com and um, purchase your Matrix series of CD-ROMs. John, thank you so much, as always. Thank you, Richard. It's been great. John Rappaport, nomorefakenews.com. Bookmark it. Visit often. Open lines when we come back. Rosemary Ellen Guiley and What's in the Box. My website, strangeplanet.ca. Say hello on Twitter at Richard Serrett, S-Y, because I love you, R-E-T-T. And as always, follow the truth.